Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Hound. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I'm hopefully going to be joined in a moment here by Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball, who has yet to call in. Nationals dropped a 3-1 decision to the San Francisco Giants today, settled for a split of four games set in AT&T Park, 61-44 and for both teams after the series. We had Gio Gonzalez on the mound tonight. Uh, this afternoon, I should say, 2-2 two and two in his last four starts, Dave, with a 3-0-0 ERA, 11 walks, 17 Ks, and a 2-21, 3-0-6, line against in his last 24 innings pitched. First and third in the third inning, one down. Gio gets a DT grounder. It looks like it's going to end the inning there, but Trey Turner tosses high to second, uh, pulls Espinosa off the bag, a run scores on that play, one nothing. Four straight leadoff hitters reach base against Gonzalez in the second through the fifth. Three on extra base hits. Madison Bumgartner with a pinch hit double, which is just super annoying in the fifth. Uh, his pinch runner, Jeff Samarja, scores on a two-out error by Anthony Rendon, who throws one by first, two-nothing there. Only two runs, Gio Gonzalez. Uh, they score while Gio Gonzalez is on the mound to come from those two errors. He wasn't particularly sharp, had a lot of runners on base, but the errors really cost Gonzalez today. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting. You look at Gio's final line, and it's really a weird one. Um, you know, same number of hits as as innings pitched. He walked two, only struck out one. Uh, but, again, if his defense hadn't let him down, he probably wouldn't have given up any runs today. Um, so it's just yeah. really uh, kind of a weird outing for him today. Uh, the, the play by Turner at second base is something I wanted to talk about specifically. That That's just a play that – uh, comes from a guy that hasn't logged a lot of innings at the position. Um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, he wants to turn the double play there. Uh, he doesn't turn his body to make the overhanded throw. He tries to make uh, the shovel toss and just airmailed it there. That's a play that he doesn't ever have to make at shortstop. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. it's something that, that he's still learning there. And it's just, it's a shame that he's learning how to play the position at the big league level. It's, um, they need his offense in the lineup right now. Uh, with Daniel Murphy struggling with the with the hamstring injury, um, you know he, he's being shorned into yet another unnatural position for him growing up, um, and, and you see you see the growing pains with it. Um, it's, it's just unfortunate that today that had to cost the Nats when uh, a day where they could only generate three base hits um, against a guy coming into the game that hasn't been very good this season. Speaking of yes, Matt Kane, as I noted in my game notes and. Uh, show notes, I should say, and as I was putting them together, I, I figured he was probably going to shut the Nats down. Uh, he missed 43 games combined with a right hamstring strain, uh, returned to, uh, and injured it, and had to go back on the DL. One and one and two starts since coming off the DL with a 10.57 ERA, a 3.53, 3.89, 24 line against, and seven and two thirds innings pitch in those starts. So of course he tosses five hitless against the Nats. Uh, pitch count was way up there, so. Uh, he was out after five. Well, the pitch count was way up there because he couldn't throw strikes. Right. I think he literally was like at 50% strikes, 93 to 48, 93 pitches, 48 strikes, four walks, five Ks. Uh, I don't think he was going to go for a no-hitter either way. In second start back, as they're kind of building up his arm strength, but uh, kind of surprised the Nationals couldn't get anything at all against him. No, he wasn't very good at all, and it wasn't that he was elevating his strikes on purpose. I mean, he's a high – high strike guy anyway because he doesn't throw very hard. He, he kind of has to rely on um, getting guys to chase. But even then, the, the Nats just kept swinging at it. 
Um, you know, balls over there. I mean, Ryan Zimmerman, uh, his first at bat, swung at three balls, three high balls. I mean, they just, he, you know, they they would have he would have walked easily on that, and just just he just kept going up and up and up, and, and they just kept chasing him. It's just completely frustrating to see the Nats not make Matt Cain throw strikes because when he throws strikes, he's very hittable, and it's just. Um, you know, this is just another occasion of the Nats being over aggressive at the plate. I mean, they're an over aggressive uh, bunch by nature, uh, but today it was just to the extreme. They finally got a run in the sixth inning. Uh, Bryce Harper started off with a single, scores on an Anthony Rendon double. Uh, good to see Harper kind of square one up and line one into the center field at that point, but really kind of a rough series for him. Uh, end of a rough month. He struggled all month long. He's been on and off. They, uh, showed his splits before the game today on the San Francisco's broadcast. It started off really good in uh, April, a rough May, picked it up a little. I think he hit 280 in June, but he's going to end July with somewhere around 170, 180 average. Just really kind of looked lost at the plate for the most part this month. And uh, if they don't get a bat heading into the deadline, which we'll talk about going forward, I'm sure the line from the Nationals is going to be that we're counting on uh, bounce backs from Zim, Ben Revere, Harper playing to their, you know, back of their baseball card, as everyone likes to say, but uh, there's a lot of struggling bats in this lineup right now. and I don't know if they're going to be able to find that bat out there, but they need to have these guys bounce back or add something to the mix here. Right. You know, of all the guys that you just mentioned there, I have the most confidence in Harper finding a swing again. Um, you know, if you go back even further than, uh, you know, the past month, six weeks or whatever, since he was walked nine times in two days by Joe Madden, he's hitting something like 225. Um, it's just and, – and, and right now it, it's hard to tell what it is. You know, some games he's pulling off, uh, some, some games he's chasing, uh, you know, some games he's able to square things up. But he's just – you know, if, if, he's not, if he's not playing through an injury, um, you have to just wonder exactly where his head is right now. Um, obviously, you can't give a day give a guy like Harper a couple of days off in the middle of the season just to clear his head. He's too important to this team because even as we saw last week, when uh, you know he makes that one big swing, it counts a lot. You know, he had the, the, the huge home run, he had the, the, the run scoring double the other night. I mean, this is a guy that the Nats have to have in the lineup every night if he's healthy. And um, like I said, I've got a lot more confidence in him figuring it out. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman. Um, I'm afraid through the, just the accumulation of injury in, in the past 10 years that he's just not the player that he once, once was. And I'm losing faith daily that he'll ever be that player once again. Um, but the problem is the Nats can't replace him. You know, the, he's, he's under contract for too long for too much money that you can't, you can't go get a first baseman and have Ryan Zimmerman on the bench. Uh, he's got to be playing and he's got to be producing. The problem is, is that he's not. Uh, the Nats have one of the lowest wars uh, by team at first base, um, and it's squarely on the shoulders of Ryan Zimmerman, and, and he's just he can't produce the way um, the way he did when he signed that contract. You know, I don't like to court controversy with my milk toast personality, but I'm going to ask you a difficult question here, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but can't we all agree that we need to get ra- get rid of these dumbass mounds, uh, <laughs> bullpens out in the outfield that we saw Bryce Harper trip over one today in right field. He made a catch there, but uh, a stumble like that is something you really don't want to see, especially with the, your franchise player out there. He uh, made a catch in foul territory yeah. and right, fell, fell over it, and looked like he was going to knock the wind out of himself, but made the catch and re- escaped unscathed. But I really can't stand those bullpens out there. 
No, it's terrible, and he made a tremendous athletic catch there to, to, to come down with it. But um, in this day and age when, you know, you build a brand-new ballpark like that, and, and AT&T Park is a beautiful ballpark, um, but to not build bullpens and, and, and put the, the, the pitching mounds in, you know, essentially in play, it's just ludicrous. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a hearkening back to old-timey baseball. Um, I, you know, but it just it, it puts multimillion-dollar players – in jeopardy on a daily basis, and it's just it's just silly uh, to have those pitchers bounce, you know, three feet off the foul line. It's just just silly is the only word for it. The Nationals lost three to one. That's really all I have to say about this game. But before we transition into some trade deadline talk, with the trade deadline at four o'clock tomorrow afternoon, it's tomorrow, Dave. It's tomorrow. Uh, a <laughs> question from tonight's game, uh, Matt Kane was trying to win his 100th game in a Giants uniform. Only five others in the San Francisco era of the Giants franchise have done that. I won't ask you for all five, but I will ask you the trivia question for the night. Who has the most wins in a Giants uniform? Which starter? Oh, crud. Uh, <laughs> how about uh, Juan Marshall? Yes, someone finally got a trivia question right. <laughs> I got a answer. trivia question right. We'll, ne- we'll now never hold another trivia question. <laughs> uh, the big news of the day yesterday and going into the trade deadline is that the Nationals traded for Mark Melanson, 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 uh, Pittsburgh Pirates closer. They shipped Felipe Rivero, which breaks my heart, and Taylor Hearn to the Pirates. Uh, Hearn was a 2012 draft pick by the Pirates who didn't sign, eventually got drafted by the Nationals. 21-year-old lefty going out there. The Nationals get their 31-year-old free agent to be closer. Comes over with 30 saves on the year. Uh, just some notes on him: 114 saves since the start of the 2014 season, most by any major league closer. Converted 92.7% of his save opportunities over that stretch. That's the third best save percentage uh, conversion percentage, I should say, in the league, behind the Orioles' Zach Britton, uh, new Cubs closer Aldis Chapman. 30 sets to saves already this year. I do believe I mentioned that. Uh, 151 ERA, 266 fit, nine walks. That's 1.94 walks per nine. 38 Ks, 8.21 Ks per nine. A 203, 252, 265 line against in 41 and two thirds innings pitched. As you wrote in your story yesterday, they didn't have to give up the farm to get him. Though, as I mentioned, giving up Felipe Rivero just hurts me personally. But uh, considering the kind of kind of talk we were having going into this, uh, to be able to get Melanson and kind of solidify that closer's role, hopefully, even though I noticed in the comment section people are talking about him being in a sort of decline, uh, giving up what they got for him. Uh, you got to like that deal and uh, replacing or supplanting Papelbon in the back end of the rotation, I think is going to make a lot of Nationals fans happy. Well, I mean, if you surveyed 100 Nationals fans, 99 and a half of them would have said that the Nats needed to get a closer. Um, they did. They got one of the best closers going. He's one of the most effective closers. Um, he gives up very few hits per nine inning. He doesn't walk anybody hardly at all. He almost never gives up a home run. Um, the reason that people don't like Melanson is because he gets out, I should say, the old-fashioned way. You know, he doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't have gaudy strikeout numbers. He's not like our oldest Chapman up there throwing 120 miles an hour. Um, he's got four good pitches. He uses them all. He induces weak contact. Um, and he just guys put the ball in play and, and and they make outs behind him and I think the other reason that, that Melanson kind of flies under the radar is the market that he worked in. Uh, if, if Melanson had pitched for the Pirates or for the Yankees or the Cubs or the Dodgers or even the Nationals, 
uh, he'd got, he would have gotten a lot more attention and been a lot more expensive. Um, he's got to be the most anonymous three-time all-star in major league history, just because he works in that, he worked in that tiny little market of Pittsburgh. Um, you know, you got to give get, and I know that it hurts to see uh, a, a dynamic arm like Rivero go back in this deal. And, and the way that the pirates deal with left-handers, he could turn out to be a star. Um, I still, I've always had concerns about Rivero long, long term ever really uh, having enough command uh, to be an elite pitcher, he's got he's got enough control. He throws strikes, um, but but sometimes he's up there just winging it over the plate, and um, you know, the, it, it, relying on his stuff. And and if the Pirates can turn him into an elite clo- a closer type guy, you know, more power to them. Um, he's certainly got a dynamic arm. The the other guy that the Nats gave up, Taylor Hearn, uh, a really big arm, big left-handed arm, uh, hits triple digits uh, on a regular basis, but. Um, but just at low A and still um, feeling his way around, too. Obviously, the Pirates like him since they drafted him before. But um, I, I like the deal. Um, the Nats got one of the most effective closers in the game uh, for essentially a seventh-inning guy and a lottery card, a lottery ticket. So um, I think it was a good deal. They didn't have to give up any of their big prospects. Uh, if they feel like they need to go out and get in a bat, and I know a lot of us do feel that way, they still have plenty of ammunition to go and get it. Um, as I told somebody on Twitter the other day, if they'd given up Eric Fetty and Felipe Rivero, I still would have liked this deal. Oof, I would have liked it a little bit less in that case, <laughs> uh, just because I'm a big Fetty fan. I think uh, Rizzo and uh, Chris Klein, the former assistant GM, current head of scouting, uh, both thought he was a top 10 pick, never thought they'd have a chance. And when he injured his arm, they were able to draft him when they did. So, I've got a higher opinion, I guess, than him. Maybe like him a little bit more. And I know I shouldn't prize prospects the way I do sometimes, but between him and Drew Ward, they're definitely prospect crushes for sure. But uh, what do you think about the fact that Melanson is just a two-month rental? Like Rizzo said, I I just think that his resume and his performance level dictated he was a guy to go after and attack, so we'll only have him for a short time. We felt the situation and the deal that we made. Uh, that we had to make to acquire such an accomplished reliever was worth it. Uh, do you think there's any chance the Nationals try to extend him? Is this just a two-month and then he hits free agency kind of thing? Uh, unless they make a real good deal, I can't see a guy who's had as much success as him foregoing free agency. No, I, you know, I think Melanson is the type of guy that Rizzo might try to, to sign to an extension. Um, if you look at the, the Nats roster and you look at what's coming up, um, obviously – you know, it, it, as much as I've tried to talk him up, I, I don't think the Nets see Sean Kelly as the answer in the ninth inning. I think that they're really hesitant to pitch him uh, two or three days in a row with his injury history. Um, I think that, that even if they don't sign Melanson, they'll, they'll still have to go and, and, and get a closer. Um, so why not re-sign one that is, that is one of the better ones in the game uh, that isn't going to be as expensive as signing Aldis Chapman or Andrew Miller once they turn uh, into a free agent. But as far as making a trade, uh, for the amount of, of prospects that um, that the Cubs and the Indians gave up to acquire Miller and, and Chapman, I'm glad the Nats didn't yeah. go that route. Um, it's just yeah. an exorbitant okay. price. I mean, Clint Frazier going to the, going to the Yankees, um, it, it, that, that guy's going to be a, a multi-all-star um, that, that they they got for for Miller obviously and, and Miller's signed to a very good contract for the next couple of years so um, the Indians had to give up more than what the um, what the Cubs did to get Chapman but even still uh, Gleyber Torres the, the the main piece that the Yankees got back for Chapman I mean that guy's going to be a terrific player so 
you know, the looking at what the, those teams gave up, the Nets would have had to give up Turner and Giolito and maybe Silfetti um, to get one of those closers. So I'm glad they didn't do that. You, you talk about prospect love. Um, I'm a big fan in, in scouting the prospects as well. Um, at, at some point, though, you have to say, you know, the future is great, but we got to go for it now. And I think the Nets kind of said that with this deal. It's like, you know, we have a glaring hole. We've got to fill it. We've got a legitimate chance here. We've got the second-best record in the game. Um, you know, we've, we've got to take a chance here to solidify this gaping hole that we have, and that's what they went out and did without having to sacrifice one of the top five prospects. Twenty-four, Less than 24 hours at this point, less until the deadline at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, are you looking for Rizzo to pick up a bat? I know a lot of the fans and our uh, readers in our comment section are – uh, focus on Steve Pierce, hoping they can pull him away from Tampa Bay. I don't know if <laughs> the, the Rays are going to deal with Rizzo anymore after what he's done to them over the last couple of years. But uh, anyone on your radar that you're looking for the Nationals to go after and try to bring a bat in here, I don't quite know where a bat fits in this lineup on this roster, but are you expecting the Nationals to do anything else? Well, Pierce would be an interesting fit since uh, um, in the last couple of years he's kind of played all over the field. Um, he could be that, that super sub um, you know, power hitting bat, the, the hairy chested guy that, that Davy Johnson liked to talk about. Um, he's definitely got some pop. I don't think Pierce is an everyday player, uh, especially on a uh, on a pennant chasing team. But um, I, yeah, and I don't and I don't think the Nats are going to get in on Jay Bruce. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk that um, that they could go and get a really big bat, especially since they didn't give up Fetty or or, or Ronaldo Lopez to uh, to bring in the closer. Um, I don't think they're going to get in on the, the Jay Bruce market, but I could see them um, getting a Pierce-type guy, a guy that, that could play multiple positions, um, have some pop on, on the bench. Um, you know, like I said earlier today, I just don't see them going out and getting a first baseman or a left fielder to replace either uh, Ryan Zimmerman or, or Jason Worth. I just I, I think they've got enough. They've got too much money sunk into those guys to say. Um, okay, we're we're now going to replace them for this pennant race because they've still got to play for this team. <laughs> so I just I just don't see them doing that. But if they can um, add a a, a a a pop bench guy um, and somebody that can play multiple positions, play the corners, um, that type of thing, I, I think they they might try to still do that. By the time we talk to everyone tomorrow, we'll know what they did. Uh, Four o'clock deadline tomorrow. We'll be at the computers all day, taking in all the news. Three to one loss today, sixty-one and forty-four on the year. Off to Arizona tomorrow night. Strasburg versus Archie Bradley in the series opener. It is Archie Bradley, right? Yeah, whatever. Last yeah. nightly sponsored by by uh, FederalBaseball.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See what the Nationals do. Twenty-four hours of stress coming up. Enjoy the trade deadline, everybody. Don't cast those going to